you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Nehemiah. And we're going to be in the sixth chapter tonight. And uh, as we are uh, looking at uh, leadership here, Nehemiah, of course, uh, was a leader. And I think he's a, a, a good example of what a leader is. And so uh, uh, Nehemiah, and I've, uh, as I've been studying and, and going through uh, this book, I, I've grown to just appreciate Nehemiah and uh, his faithfulness and uh, his, uh, you know, his leadership uh, uh, skills and, and all of that. And it has a whole lot to, that uh, helps us in, uh, when we're working for the Lord. Now, we all know that uh, uh, Nehemiah, uh, he got word that uh, Jerusalem, the, uh, the walls have come down. Uh, he had started praying. Uh, he had a burden uh, for uh, Jerusalem and he was wanting to go back to rebuild. And, uh, but to remember, we saw that he had a waiting faith. He waited upon the Lord. Oh man, what a word that is for us tonight where we're at. Waiting on the Lord. And so for four months, Nehemiah waited and, and God opened the door opportunity. And so he goes to the king and the king says, Oh, hey, I see that you're burdened, that you're saddened. What's going on? Nehemiah tells him. Uh, the king goes ahead and gives permission for him to go. Not only that, he gives him the letter so they would not impede his uh, uh, journey there to Jerusalem. He even gave him a, a letter to give to the one that was overseeing the king's forest to get all the materials. And so now work has begun. But we also looked at whenever you're doing something for the Lord, opposition is going to come. And Satan cannot stand for God's people to do a work for God. And so uh, his enemies start to show up. And you'll notice if you go through and read through Nehemiah, uh, they didn't just show up one time. They just kept on showing up. You do understand tonight that uh, even though we have victory in the Lord Jesus Christ, and even though he wins our battles for us, Satan is not going to let go. He's going to keep on and keep on and keep on. That's the reason why we need to put on the armor on every day. We need to be prayed up and we need to be in tune with God and we need to be sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit in our life. Satan wants to continue to pound upon us. He's not going to give up, uh, but he has been defeated so that we need to keep on keeping on. So uh, here we found ourselves, the, the walls have been built now. But gates are still left to be done. So again, word gets out and Nehemiah uh, has to encounter more opposition. Now we're going to see, uh, just tonight, we'll see two of these strategies that Satan will use, that enemy will use to detour you or to try to keep you doing what you ought to be doing for the Lord Jesus, okay? And so we're going to see two of those. We're going to see, first of all, the strategy that he likes to use is compromise. Satan loves to get in to where we're compromising on our convictions. That's what he wants. He wants us to give a little bit. But the second thing we're going to see tonight is he'll use slander. 
He'll, he'll use slander against us. And now understanding, slander, uh, another word for that would be gossip. If he can get people wagging their tongues long enough, that will detour us because we've been distracted by the false rumors and all the other uh, information. As uh, our president said, the fake news that goes on, okay? Well, Satan's real good about fake news. You know, he likes to come and, and, and stir up things. And so he knows that if he can get us distracted, that is why uh, he keeps on doing that. So we're going to see those two strategies tonight. Well, here's what Nehemiah says. We're in verse number 1, chapter 6. Now it came to pass when Sambalah uh, and Tobiah and Gisham, uh, the, uh, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies. So Nehemiah recognizes the fact who his enemies are. We looked at this this morning. Our enemy is not against flesh and blood. Our enemy is against Satan and his demonic forces. Okay? And so he says, now here's the rest of our enemies. And he said, they'd heard that I had built the wall and that, the, uh, that there was no breach left there, uh, therein. And uh, in princes he says, uh, though, at the, uh, though that I had not... Uh, uh, set up the doors upon the gate. So, <clears throat> Satan hears news that the work is being done. What took place, matter of fact, the last two or three weeks, God's been awfully good to us. We've seen Him move in our services. Word's gotten out and Satan is going to do everything he can to oppose that. Now, it's good to praise the Lord and shout the glory down. I mean, you know, through the high and fire and throwing the babies and all that. But I'm telling you, we have to be on guard. Satan is going to show up. He's going to show up. And so we need to be uh, in tune and we need to have discernment and we need to recognize when the enemy is showing up. Okay? And so he says, now I'm not set up the doors upon the gates. Then Sabalet and Gisham, they sent unto me, saying, Now here's the first thing, the strategy that we see. He said, They said, Come, let us meet together. Oh, don't you like that? These are the ones that were doing everything they could to stop the rebuilding of the wall. Now, they couldn't stop the rebuilding of the wall. They're not going to give up. They know that there's more work to do. So now they're coming and say, Hey, Nehemiah, you know, I know we've had some differences here, but you know what? We figure if we can't uh, uh, beat you, we'll just go ahead and join you. Would you meet us? Now notice where they're meeting. He says, they we're meeting together. And, and some uh, one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Don't y'all love that? Hey, where are you from? I don't know. They said, well, you smart aleck. What do you mean you don't know where you're from? I said, oh, no. They said, oh, no, what? No, no, that's where I'm from. I, I mean, we could go on and on with that name, wouldn't we? Where did you play ball at? Oh, no, high. But here, oh, no was about halfway. Catch this. It was about halfway. So Nehemiah is getting word. The enemy is saying, 
won't you just meet me halfway? Oh. And then he goes and he says, but they thought uh, to do me mischief. Nehemiah knew what they were after. Nehemiah had spiritual discernment that these enemies were out to get me. And they were trying to get me by compromising, by meeting them halfway. Then he goes on and he says, And I sent, uh, I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work. Hey, when Satan comes to you and wants you to compromise on some of your convictions, you just go ahead and let him know, no thank you because we're seeing a good work and I'm involved in a good work of the Lord here. And so he says, I'm doing a, a great work. So that I cannot come down, why should the work cease? Oh, that's a good word for us, church. God's doing a work here. Why in the world would we be distracted what God is doing here? This is a good work and we don't want it to stop. I don't know about you, but even though we've had some awesome services, we cannot and we better not live in the past because if we live in the past, we'll never go forward. Okay? And so he says, why should I, uh, the work cease? While I leave it and I come down to you. Yet they sent unto me four times. Now they didn't stop that one time. Four times they've been after this. And he says, and I answered them after the same manner. In other words... Nehemiah said, they've come at me and they come at me and they come at me, but I've been consistent in my answer. And my answer is no. I'm not leaving this work. It's too great of a work. My dear friends, this church, and I believe this with all my, this is not preaching talk here. I really believe with all my heart that the best days are yet ahead. And God, even though He's done a good work, He wants to do even better work. And we will be involved in that if we keep our minds focused on what we should be focused on. So we're going to see two strategies very quickly tonight. First of all, we're going to see the strategy of compromising. The second strategy we're going to see, and we'll pick up in verse 5 and going through verse number 8, we're going to see uh, the strategy of slander or gossip. First of all, he says here uh, that uh, they have uh, got the word out. And notice here he says, we want you to meet us halfway. Now, Nehemiah understood what they were meaning by that. Uh, he was wanting them to compromise. They were wanting him to have dialogue. Now, when I think about compromising, here's where we're at in the church. We've compromised way too much. That's the reason why we're in the trouble that we're in. Not only in the church, but also in our nation. We've compromised way, way too much. And for some reason, we thought that we could sit down with the enemy and that we could hammer out a deal. I'm telling you, Satan doesn't want you just to have you in halfway. He wants you in all the way. Young people, please listen to me. God is coming and he's going to try to, uh, uh, Satan's going to come and he's going to try to tell you it's okay to go to that party just that one time. 
It, it, it's okay for you to, you know, to go ahead and, and uh, uh, smoke a little dope. You know, it's not going to hurt anybody. It's okay to kind of loosen up on your dress. Ladies, I want you to know that uh, I'm concerned about how many of our young ladies and our women are dressing. Now, I'm not here to tell you you have to have a dress that goes all the way to your ankles. You've got to have a collar that all goes all the way up your neck. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying, though, is that we better... It would not be a bad thing, huh? What I'm saying is we have compromised in areas that we should not compromise. I'm telling you, that's exactly where Satan wants you. Satan wants you to listen up, uh, loosen up. and Satan wants you to go ahead and try it just one time. I'm telling you, Satan gets you halfway, he'll get you all the way. Also, parents, let's go ahead and, and let you understand our children. You say, well, they ought to know better. But our, our, our parents ought to know better. You shouldn't allow your teenager to go out and dress in a way that's going to draw attention to them. You do realize, maybe you've forgotten, teenage boys' hormones are on overload. Okay, I'm telling you, you need to be careful how you're allowing your children to dress. We have compromised our dress. We're having to, isn't it a shame that even in the church, we have to remind how we ought to dress for church. Why is that? Because we've we, kind of loosened things up. And Satan says, that's exactly where I want them. He wants us to compromise. And that's exactly what Nehemiah understood. And Nehemiah says, I'm not even going to go there. Now, understand, compromising and cooperation is okay if you're doing it with people of like mind and those who love the Lord. It's okay for us to disagree. Okay? It's okay. Because we're all working for the same cause, are we not? We all want to see the glory of the God of the Lord, don't we? I mean, we want to see God uh, high and lifted up. And so we might have some disagreements on how to get there, and that's okay. Sometimes it's a little give and take. It's sort of like our marriages. It is a little give and take. And those of you that have been married for quite some time, you'll be the first to admit that uh, there's always some give and take. Now, some of you also testify that you're the only one that's been giving and the other party's not taking. That's between you and them. We do have counseling services available later on. But anyway, it's okay for us to compromise there. But it's not okay for us to compromise and cooperate with the enemy. That's Satan. Satan wants to get us off track. Now, there's three things. Why didn't he do that? Why did he refuse to meet with them in the first place? First of all, we see it in verse number two, because they were lying. Satan is a liar. Satan will tell you, if you go ahead and indulge in this beverage, you'll have a, a jolly good time. I mean, everything's going to be good. I mean, you're going to be hip and you're going to be cool. But that's a lie from the very pits of hell. I'm telling you, isn't it interesting? They'll go ahead and show you it's okay to pop a top and have a few ones with the boys and have, have some margaritas. After all, I'm not a drunk and I got to you know, kind of unwind myself. I'm telling you, 
you, then you have compromised and that's where Satan wants you. We need to understand they don't show the commercials of those who now have an addiction problem. They don't show where they're in homeless situation. They don't show where a family has been totally destroyed because of the consumption of alcoholic beverages. They haven't uh, shown you how it's ruined people's lives. They don't show you not only does it lead uh, to other drug usage, but it also leads to sexual impurity. They don't show you that. Why? Because he's a liar. Young people, please understand. I'm not trying to pick on you tonight, but I, I got a burden for our teenagers. I understand they have a stress and they have all kinds of temptation coming my way, uh, their way. But I want you to understand, don't ever buy into the fact that it's just going to be this one time. And by the way, since we're on the subject, dating. Oh, here we go. You need to be very, very careful on who you're dating. Mom and daddy, you have permission to find out who that thug that's coming to pick up your daughter, where he lives, about his family, how many times he's been arrested. Is he on probation? Does he have warrants against him? It's okay to do that. Now you say, well, you're picking on the lady. Your son, you need to know about that girl that he's dating. You need to know, and you know how to find out information. Oh, you know how to find out. You just got to ask, hey, do you know this little girl named, oh yeah, what do you know about her? Well, I know that, uh, well, you probably don't want, you know, no, please, please tell me. It's okay. That's what we're supposed to do. And we're not trying to make life difficult. We're just understanding that when you come to compromise, that's not where He wants you. He wants you not only halfway, He wants you all the way. Be careful of who you're dealing with. And so, He uh, had a conviction that they were liars. But also, notice in verse number 3, Nehemiah recognized there's no need to go and meet with them because I'm involved in a good work now. I'm involved in a work of the Lord here. Why in the world would I want to leave and to meet my enemy halfway? Well, there's nothing to talk about. It's been settled. I am serving the Lord and I am going to continue to serve the Lord. I've already made my mind up. I'm not going to be wavering with my loyalty. He is my master. He's my savior. And I'm going to do everything to bring glory and honor into Him. It's no need for me to meet with anybody. I'm involved in a good work as it is. Then it goes on in 1 Corinthians. I want you to... Verse Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 12, it says, and I'm paraphrasing here. He says, he that thinks he can stand it, heed because he'll fall. What's he saying there? He's saying we got to be careful that we think we've gotten so spiritual that we can go ahead and kind of play with temptation a little bit. My dear friend, that is dangerous territory to be. None of us have arrived. Every one of us in here, I don't care how long you've been saved, every one of us in here can be tempted and Satan knows exactly where he can tempt us. 
Don't go around boasting. Oh, I'll never do that. My dear friend, you don't know what you're capable of doing when you get out of the will of God. By the way, when you start compromising, you're getting out of the will of God. It's God's will that you do not compromise. It's God's will that you know that you have convictions and you have the Word of God and you're standing upon the Word of God. You're not backing up from your convictions. You're going to be the one that is firmly planted and you don't need to move one inch because Satan wants to get you halfway. But notice... In Nehemiah chapter 2, verse number 20, we, we've already seen the discussion here. They've already came to him, and he says, uh, you have no portion of this. You're not involved in this work. So he's already told them <clears throat> earlier on that there's no, there's no reason why we need to talk about this thing. I've already made it a settlement that uh, you're not a part of this, and that he also said, why do I need help from you? Because I understand God provides everything I need. Now, before we go too much further, hope you understand where I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about there's times when we need medication. I'm not talking about times where we need counseling. I understand that. have no problem with that. But it's interesting to me, especially in the society that we live, that the one that we need to go to first is the last one we go to. I'm not saying don't go to your doctor. I'm not saying going to your counseling. What I'm saying is, first and foremost, go to Jesus. Get the foundation laid. And so here he says, God will provide everything I need. And God will provide everything I need. I want you to know, uh, it's interesting to me, and I know I have it on my heart. I know we're in the midst of it. Uh, but to, with mental illness and whatnot, isn't it interesting that we would not think twice if we had some symptoms of a heart disease that we would go to the doctor? No one would dare say, well, you must not have enough faith. You, you should have just went ahead and prayed, God, would you just go ahead and take uh, and, and unclog these arteries for me? You wouldn't do that, would you? But yet, when we have emotional issues, we look at people that go to psychiatrists and, and all of that, and we'll say, well, if they just had the faith. What? That's crazy thinking. God has provided many times over. God will use doctors and use medications. He's given man wisdom to come up with that. But here again, hear me strongly. I'm not discounting that. What I'm saying is the first one we need to go to is the one who's provided it all, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? And so he goes and he says, uh, God's going to provide. I don't need you. He, here, the third conviction is, uh, Nehemiah understood separation. He knew that he didn't need to be anywhere close to the enemy. Too many times we've been playing with Satan and with his schemes. And we'll go ahead and we'll call it entertainment. We'll go ahead and call it all kinds of things, but you don't play around with satanic, demonic activities. 
And you can go ahead and lighten it up. You can go ahead and sweeten it up. But the bottom line is, it's demonic. It's demonic. And we don't need to be anywhere close to that. We need to be careful, gamers. You need to be careful of the games that you're getting on. And I don't have a knowledge, but I've seen some things. And now I'm understanding why we have the issues that we have. Because they went ahead, called it a game, called it a video, but yet the undertones were nothing but demonic. And it's come into the, into the minds of our, our young people and, uh, and our young adults. It's gotten in our minds. It's desensitized us. Now here again, please understand where I'm coming from. I have no problem with the Second Amendment. I, I don't care if you've got 40 weapons. It don't bother me at all. I, I don't have no problems with that. But when you get a child and you set them in front of that to where they're shooting and killing and doing all kinds of things like that and we're calling it gaming or whatever you want to call don't tell me that Satan can't come in there because it's already going up here and the greatest battlefield that Satan uses is the mind. we got to be careful. We cannot play around with this stuff. He's too strong. He's too powerful. And all he has to do is get you halfway. And if he gets you halfway and keeps you there long enough, he'll get you all the way. And so he goes on and says, if it was wrong the first time, I said no. It's wrong the second time. wrong the third time. wrong the fourth time. I'll draw this quote down. It says, decisions based upon opinions probably need to be reconsidered. Decision based on opinions. Boy, everybody's got an opinion about everything, don't they? And we better be careful that the decisions that we make are not based upon opinions. Opinions will get you in trouble. We don't need opinions. We need a word from the Lord. A word from the Lord. And so... I wrote this down. Decisions that are based upon convictions are decisions that you won't have to change. That's pretty good. It's original, by the way. Just want you to know. But I have gone ahead. This is a disclaimer. If you choose to use that, I'd get no royalties from it. You can go ahead and use it. But does that not make sense? Many of our decisions are based upon opinions. And many times we have to reconsider those. But when you make a decision based on your convictions, you don't have to worry about changing it. Because if the conviction is on truth, truth never has to change. Okay? So, second, verses 5 through 9, he used slanders. Now, this is the fifth time. That uh, they've come after him. And you go back to chapter uh, 2 and verse number 19. Remember, uh, they've got this rumor going uh, that, uh, okay, they're rebuilding the walls. And uh, they were getting this rumor that uh, they were rebellion against the king. Now, that was a very serious charge. Matter of fact, it stopped the rebuilding of the temple back years before. 
because they're under uh, this time, you'll see it in Ezra chapter 4, uh, under this time they're under Persian rule. And Persian, if they thought that you were coming against them or, or that you were a threat to them, one of the words that uh, you'll use quite a bit when you go to Israel when there's a conflict and someone has to uh, shoot somebody, they say, we have neutralized the situation. Isn't that a cool way of saying we had to kill the guy? I mean, that's what it means. I just think it's a pretty cool word. It says they neutralized him. It, doesn't it sound like something from Star Wars or something? You know, like, they neutralized him. But, but here it, it, he says, and under this, that's exactly what could have happened. And so they're spreading this false rumor and they're making up these lies that, hey, they're, they're trying to take things over. Matter of fact, when you go to verse number 7, they were going around saying that uh, Nehemiah is going to be the king. He wants to be the king. And isn't it how it works that when those that are trying to attack you, they'll go ahead and spread false rumors against you. They'll tell lies about you. Just go ahead and mark it down. They're going to lie. They're going to lie because they're out to get you. And here, notice that Satan uses a lot of tools from his toolbox. If one does, a strategy doesn't work, he'll just go to the next one. But it seems to me that one of the best tool, tools that he'll use is that of gossip. Slander. Because they know, Satan knows, that you don't have to tell the truth for someone to believe you. Matter of fact, they'll believe a lie before they'll believe the truth. Satan knows that. He, he, he's no fool. But I started thinking about that. and, he, and he's, uh, So they're saying things like, Hey, I've heard them say, or it's been reported, fill in the blank, or, hey, don't want to start spreading anything, but this is what I've heard. Satan is at work behind all of that. And so what happens is, if there's gossip being spread, uh, then our attention has now been drawn to trying to... And it's interesting to me. And I don't do a Facebook or anything like that. I, I just don't have the skills. But... Uh, it's interesting to me, and I hear about, well, did you hear what so-and-so said on Facebook? I said, what? Well, they said this, and next thing you know, somebody counters that, and then somebody goes to this, and someone goes there and does that. And I said, well, here's the first thing that, uh, that concerns me. How, why do you have this much time? Now, I, I know I'm not fast and, uh, and all that, but if you keep on going back and forth, back and forth, and then this one throws this and this one throws in, and, and it seems to me it goes on for hours. If you can do, you, way, you have way too much time. 
If you're, you know, you're texting and you're doing all this kind of stuff like that and you're saying, that's not what I said and that's not what I'm saying. I'm telling you and I'm, I have nothing against Facebook. I have nothing against that. Don't go and say, well, he just thinks, just throw the phones away. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it's remarkable to me how we're engaged in that and how much time and energy is spent when the bottom line is you're not going to solve it by uh, texting. And what has happened is we no longer will go and face somebody. Am I telling the truth? We, 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 we're no longer, and, and, and the generation that's coming up, they're more tech, and I understand that. But it seems to me is that um, the ones that I'm running across, they really can't talk to you unless they text you. And you might be right here in the front pew, but they're not going to have dialogue with you because they re- it's kind of awkward for them. So they'll just go ahead and text you and you're sitting right there. Is that not insane? And we've lost sight. And, and, and I also found out you can't inflect tone on text. So most of the ones that are texting me, I'm thinking... They're ticked off. Because I don't know the tone. Or I can't get my point across. What I'm saying is, why can't we just go back to what the Bible says? And the Bible says, if you have a problem with someone, you go to that person. Wow, what a concept. You mean actually have a dialogue and conversation with somebody? We've really lost our minds. Have we not? And, and, and so Satan is back there and he's thinking, oh, he's, he's thinking, I love technology. And all this stuff that says it's going to make your life easier, it's going to make your life faster, you'll be able to have more time. We find ourselves saying, I don't have time to do anything. Because you're spending too much time getting involved in the schemes of the devil and he's got your time and energy and you're texting and you're arguing and you're trying to convince someone that's, uh, that's lost touch with reality anyway and you're not going to go ahead and change their mind that you're spending all your time instead of going and having dialogue and going one-on-one and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone and, and having a concern that somebody's dying and going to hell. But no, we got to do this. Satan, gossip. I, I like the, what that, this is not an original. I stole this one. Gossip is, is news that you have to hurry up and tell before you get the truth. Isn't that pretty good? That's what gossip is. We don't take the time to say, hey, maybe I need to check this out. Oh, no, 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 no. Why would you think something like that? Because Satan's got in our minds, hey, you don't need to let them get away with that one. You go ahead and give it right back to them. And so you give it right back to them. On down the road, you come to realize you didn't get the whole story. But the damage has already been done. Satan wants us to hurry up because he knows that if we take time to try to discern, we're going to find out the truth and his schemes have now been foiled. 
Think about that the next time that someone tells you something like, hey, this is just between me and you. But I saw Brother Mike over there at, I don't even know the name of the bar. What's the name of the bar? Y'all know it. The one that y'all go to. The one that y'all go to. Nobody's going to say a word now, are they? We don't know what you're talking about, Brother Mike. I don't know what bar. I didn't know we had a bar in town. Is that not? Instead of calling me and saying, Brother Mike, I just want you to know, I got a text that they saw your vehicle. Now that ought to cause concern right now. <laughs> if you see my car parked anywhere, <laughs> you need to be worried. But you would call me and say, Brother Mike, I just want you to know, I got this text, saw your car in a place, and they named the place. Oh, I want you to know. And then get an explanation. No, we don't do that. We just go ahead and assume he's in the wrong. And it's caused more damage to more lives. And Satan is behind it all. Then in verse number 7, I've already made allude to Nehemiah, word gets out that he wants to be the king. But it doesn't stop there. And, and uh, since, uh, uh, as Satan is doing these schemes, notice here uh, that Nehemiah, uh, of course, uh, what did he do? He prayed. Here's the enemy. He understands the strategies that are being used. What does he do? Does he go and says, okay, let's go ahead. I'll meet you in a neutral site. We'll go ahead and debate this thing and we'll get this thing taken care of. No, he prays. He prays. He prays for strength to continue the work. Wow. Pretty good strategy there, don't you think? Too many of us have been distracted from this good work because we have allowed Satan to lie, to scheme, and to cause us to compromise. And what we ought to be praying is, Lord, strengthen my hands so I can finish the work. I hope that's your prayer tonight. That the opposition that's coming, and we've already seen it in action, because there's a good work that began here. Many years ago, a good work was begun here. And what God starts, God will finish. The work's not done until He calls us home. So won't we just go ahead and make a commitment tonight that I'm going to pray the Lord would strengthen my hands and the Lord will strengthen my mind that I will not be distracted from this good work that He's begun. I think it would radically change the family here at Hillcrest 
if we prayed that prayer. Lord, strengthen us. Strengthen us so that we continue this good work. By the way, it is His work. It's not our work. He allows us to work in it, but it's His work. Because none of us have the power to change lives. Only Jesus Christ can do that. And He's allowed us to be His workmen. So how are you doing? How are you doing tonight? And what is your prayer tonight? When the enemy is on you, is your prayer, Lord, strengthen my hands. Strengthen my mind. Focus me back on the work that you've begun. Because I want to see you glorified in all that we do.